0: Peace. Greetings, everyone. Chief Yuya here. I think we're on number 55. Not positive. I have to check afterwards. But, of course, Chief Yuya podcast. And um, I won't get into all of the. It's been a long time and all that. (laughs) Let's get right into it. Words. I wanted to speak about words for a minute. You know, uh, a lot of times uh, I go through uh, some of the questions that are um posted to me under videos or different things like that, however people get to me. And you know, sometimes I have to remind or I am reminded rather of of all the terms sometimes that are utilized and th- and have been utilized utilized throughout the years and all of these different segments that maybe uh have not been properly defined by myself. You know, sometimes there's an assumption when you're teaching that people know what you're talking about. And, and I've said this before, obviously this is not anything new in terms of that. And sometimes people um are a little apprehensive about sharing what they do not know, you know, and it may be a very root kind of idea, but um I decided that I will start to maybe define a few terms every time I speak uh, just to help those who have not caught up, to be able to to harmonize with the vibration of people who are speaking you know uh, a certain kind of language that they may partially know and not be completely um inoculated with you know, words are important and and it's there's so much deeper than people realize oftentimes when i hear people say things like i've studied this or i've studied that and you notice that the vibration of that that source material is not on the person Oftentimes, I know it's because they have not taken time to understand the words of a certain teaching. You know, they just kind of read through without truly studying and basking in uh, the the potential to ground and some of the astuteness of what it is that they're saying they're learning. and Or sometimes just the plain old common sense, you know, of what it is that they're learning, you know, getting some of the basics down packed, if you will. You know, it was it was Buddha. There's a um, there's a, a story about Buddha. And one day he met with some of the um, deities, and they said, "You know, tell us what what you want. Tell us what what your wish is. Whatever it is that you want, and we'll grant it to you." And Buddha replied and said, "O oh gods, give me the meaning of words, and I shall know all things." You see, so it goes to show, you know, just with that, that little story. I always remember that, you know, that how important words are, you know, if I have the meaning of words, I shall know all things, you know, because the reality is oftentimes we look at words as if they're just static, um, glyphs and characters and imprints that are put on maybe a piece of paper or something, you know, and they function within a two dimensional capacity and, we can choose to swing them in different directions to try to um, achieve a particular end, without realizing that that is like the demiurge of words. It's it's a, it's a, those are fiat uh, lights or fiat forms of words, but uh, actual word and true word is something that uh, moves in a very ceaseless. And um uh, harmonic fashion, you know words be are the um syntax of knowledge, and of course, that's again from a partial sense, because if we knew words completely, if we truly knew words in their totality, then we would be within the kingdom of the internal, the eternal, you know and the kingdom of the forever, you know. There was uh, so many languages that existed before the ones that we're hearing now today. Some of the ones that we're hearing now today are even dying out. But there was a time when there was one language. Now, imagine the power of the word when there was one language before it was uh, confused and chaos came as a result of... um, All of the words that were thrown out into the atmosphere with very little, uh, effect, but may have still created chaos, you know, word or the word, the word is energy that's radiating from the formless being. That's what, that's what the word is. It's ceaseless energy radiating from the formless being. So when you are using true word and you are dictating, uh, energy and law through vibratory energy you create a harmony you see you're able to create a uh, being similar to what the highest elohim created not the lower elohim you know there there are there are different beings that are created some beings are mind and body some beings Beings are mind, body, and spirit. Some beings are mind, body, spirit, and soul. You know? And they may all appear the same to the physical eye. You say, well, this one is functioning with mind and body. This one is functioning with mind, body, and spirit. This one is functioning with mind, body, and spirit and soul. And they may be all, they may all be doing the same thing. But they don't all represent the same bodies of light, you know. Uh, in And some may only reflect the light of the sun, and they may focus on their value of sun worship. Um, but the sun itself is a pearl reflection of the true value of the word or the true essence of the word, you know. I mean, what we know is time and space form as a product of the non manifest energy, you know, that we call, uh, word. And that energy is, you know, it vibrates and consequently all that exists is a conglomerate of vibrations, of course, like our bodies and the flesh and our blood. They're, they're all vibrations and therefore they're subject to the laws of vibration. And the law of vibration is harmony, right? So when we're using words uh properly, th- the word uh will generally awaken certain notions within us. Like the word harmony itself, if I say harmony, I know you may immediately think of music or you may think of art, right? It it kinda stimulates those notions of music and art, but harmony is actually deeper in, in that it encompasses uh um, and reaches more than the the aesthetic aspects of the domain in which we generally confine it to. Like a chemical reaction or an explosion um, or our health, our bodily health, those are products of primary harmony. You know, And we may access music because music is a way to easily access an understanding of harmony. But it's not necessarily... The fullness of what harmony is, you see, it's just it helps us to understand things about harmony. You know, everything that's created has a note. Um, If we could look at the the, like, there's a universal. I mean, I always look at things like a universal orchestra, and um, everything that's created, it, it can strike a note inside of that orchestra. Now, it can either be discordant or it could be harmonic. You know, so either we will have to delete that note, mute it, <laughs> you know, or we can emphasize more of it, you know. And it, and it's through the sounds, you know, like how we can apply sound and harmony and words to water. Um, it is through that, through good sounds that we can even partially awaken the inner person, the inner woman within you, the inner man within you and those who who are moving with higher awareness and who are initiated into the deeper my- mysteries if we will um they transform energy they're transformers of it whereas like uh, a layman or a laywoman um they pronounce a word and that word disturbs the air of the physical world that's around them and it and it has a very uh, small amount of resonance uh and higher frequency you know, whereas the person who is the initiator or, or the person who has dived, um, with humility and with, uh, sincerity, not just for money, not just for popularity, not just because they want to be different and be rebellious, but has really dived into deeper wisdom with sincerity. They're able to reestablish the links between different levels of, of their own consciousness and reestablish contact with, Different vibratory um, spectrums or vibratory l- levels that exist within the within the universe. So then they're they're able to make better contact between the various inner planes of themselves as well, just by understanding that you know that sense of harmony. Whereas, like I said, that the layman will uh, disturb the higher vibratory levels, and their words or if their words conform to um, an original sort of language, then they will create uh, the very thing designated by that word because of the word, through harmony, and they will radiate the vibrations which are the thing itself. You know, this I covered. And uh, Barashith, when I did a breakdown on Barashith or Genesis, you know, especially when we see the part about, you know, um, Adoma naming the animals you know, which is saying that, you know, he really, even though it was the most high who brought them to him, he recreated them by pronouncing their real names or their true names, you see? So it's it's similar to like when we see in the beginning, let us make man in our image. It doesn't mean that man was not already present. It means that now I'm going to remake man in my image. Let us make man male and female. He created them. So that means, or it's possible it could mean if we, we can interpret things as different ways. It is through the word and through the proclamation of let me do this thing that I can take something that was one thing at one point that maybe just had the, um, the, the potential for creation and I can make it into something else. I may choose now. I want to make it into my image. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make this thing into my image. And then I'm going to, do the making it into my image, I will create it as this thing. You know, because you have to always remember that man was put into the Garden of Eden. Was placed into the Garden. Not necessarily created there, but placed so that substance of man or what some may call the Neanderthal or the, you know, the, the primordial man could have existed somewhere else and then was made through the value and the essence of wording and placed into this, um, the Eden represents our, you know, our potential for higher awareness and, and, and deeper inner harmony, harmony and knowing, you know? So the way we use words and the function of them, it it helps us to awaken. You know, it's like what the, the Gnostics always say in their mantra, uh, sleepers awake. <laughs> it's almost like a greeting. They say it so much, you know. Um, but that awakening through the word and through the order of how to do things by learning certain things first. And sometimes it's, it's it begins with learning the lost word, or what we may call the, the primitive language. You know, sometimes it may have to to start there. Before we kind of fall into the Bible or the the Babylonian uh, confusion, you know, which of course is is a wonderful allegory, you see. I mean, before that, we had Adoma as the androgynous hybrid, as we are hybrids of uh, alien and human, or some would call spirit and man, or others would call God and man. But no matter how you say it, you're a hybrid, you know, no matter how you want to put it. But there's a differentiation that comes when there's a separation into male and female, meaning that now that there are passive energies as opposed to active energies within Adoma, and he can volunteer himself to disharmonize from unity in order to to be capable of achieving his own evolution in the world of matter. And to confront the, the fruit or the oath of knowledge, and to manipulate the magic and the terrestrial energies of the serpent. You see, the Tower of Babel. I mean, it, it represents when man decides now to regain unity of it of his own, and really the desire. You know, the sky, of course, is a symbol of unity, and the tower is. The way that the man will choose to attain it but everything is done through some sort of pronouncement some sort of you know word you know so i wanted to just share that a little bit you know how how important word is and and word as we know in 120 is wise words spoken you know when we speak about wisdom or the two or the original woman you know, wise conduct, wise ways, wise words spoken, or to wise the dome, right? Uh, you look at Proverbs 9 1, you know, always a very, very beautiful, um, or just Proverbs 9, period, man. Proverbs 9 is a very uh, beautiful description that's provided to us. Matter of fact, I'll read it. Let me uh, pull it up real quick. Pull up Proverbs 9. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, so proverbs nine wisdom hath built her house, she hath lain she hath honed out her seven pillars, she hath killed her beasts, she hath mingled her wine, she hath also furnished her table, she hath sent forth her maiden, she crieth upon the highest places of the city. whoso is simple, let him turn in hither, as for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him. Come, eat of my bread and drink of my of the wine which I have mingled, forsake the foolish and live, and go in the way of understanding. He that reproveth a scorner getteth to himself shame, and he that rebuketh rebuketh a wicked man giveth himself a blot. Reprove us not a scorner lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of Yahweh is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. For by me thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall be increased. If thou be wise, thou shalt be wise for thyself, and if thou scornest, thou shalt bear it. A foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple knoweth nothing. For she sitteth at the door of her house, on a seat in the high places of the city, to call passengers who go right on their ways. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. And as for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, Stolen waters is sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he knoweth not that the dead are there, and that her guests are are in the depths of hell, sheol, hell. Yeah, it's Proverbs nine one through um nine eighteen. I always, you know, um, liked a lot of the little pieces out of that out of that particular um, chapter. It's a lot. There is a lot of good stuff in there, especially if you go deeper into the words. You know, like obviously I am sharing it in English, but. If you go deeper into the words of what's being said there, you got a lot of good stuff. For instance, um, by itself, wisdom hath built her house, uh, and she hath honed out her seven pillars, right? That alone is—it um, it could take you down a, a really deep rabbit hole if you, again, know how to read it. <laughs> you know, if if you're not afraid to really explore the words— you know, wisdom is is referred to as as she in that sense. I've I've heard different people sometimes speak about that particular passage and they say, Oh, they're talking about Christ. No, they're not talking about Christ. Um they say she, clearly, first of all. Not that the Christ can't be uh, female because the Christ itself or the Messiah, the messianic one, is not a description of sex. Um but in that you know, there's a, there's the word that's used, um, in terms of, of wisdom that is, is not related to, to Christ, if you will, I should say. Um, but that wisdom, Kamath or Kamat, uh, either one, you know, but it, it's a feminine word, of course, and it, it means wisdom or to be wise or, um, divine wisdom personified, right? Um, so, in, in some systems, we would look at that as Sophia, right? Or Sapphos, Sapphos, Sophocles. You know, Sophocles is hidden wisdom, but Sapphos is wisdom. And then it, it kind of gives us an opportunity to um, look at that. So, if we say Sophia had built her house, she had honed out her seven pillars. You know, um, it's important when you think about Sophia building her house and showing out the seven pillars. Now, some could look at the seven pillars as, um, some, some have said those are the gifts of the spirit, the seven gifts of the spirit. Um, some have said that, you know, this, the seven pillars are the, uh, seven days of creation or the seven firmaments. Because remember in the beginning, heavens and the earth. You know, sometimes people say in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, but it didn't say that. It said the heavens, plural. There are multiple heavens. So, uh, seven firmaments. As, as we study, when we go, we go a little deeper, we figure out, oh, there's, there's a bunch of heavens up there. And each heaven has its own boss. <laughs> so that's why we use the term the most high. Cause we're, we're referring to the one that sits on top of all the heavens, right? Not just the sky and the, and this you know, the star in the sky or the sky that's visible to us, you know, the first level of firmament. But anyway, um, some say, oh, it's the seven sacraments. That used before, or in college, you have the seven liberal arts. Um, I've often thought of the seven pillars, and uh, you know, you look at it however you want to look at it, it can be many different things, right? But I've also thought of the seven pillars as the seven classical planets, right? The seven classical pan- planets being, um, Luna and so or Moon, Sun, um, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn, right? Um, because it's again, understanding the verses and what's being said and going a little deeper than just what dogma may have you do sometimes when when we understand when wisdom does not build her house and hone out the seven pillars, we understand that um she's not referencing the proper people that she should. You know, she's she's going she's going about her process of building her house in an inappropriate and wrong way, which was similar to what Sophia did. You know, a lot of people, um, especially if you come up like in in a lot of these churches, you know, a lot of them are female ran. And it's similar to um what you see in the story of Sophia, those tales and how she uh, thought to tried to contact the uh, unseen mythos or the unseen power by herself without her counterpart. Her counter- her counterpart was the knowledge or the original primordial Christos. And there came a point where, you know, it's different, different stories about this, but where she was like, well, I, I want to do it myself, you know, and I don't want to go to my covering. I don't want to go to my head. I don't want to go to the vibration of the counterpart that's been put in, that's been put, not put in, (laughs) but who's been put right in front of me, but rather, I would just like to go do this by myself, right? I want to do it on my own. And I'm not saying that there are not things that people cannot do on their own. So don't get me wrong. And I'm not saying that women are not capable of doing some things on their own, because you, you can do a lot of things on your own. But there's an order to do things. I can do a lot of things on my own, but it's not necessarily the things that I should be doing, right? So, um, and understanding that there's an order to doing things and a, and a proper way to do things and a wrong way to do things. Um, sometimes doing things the, the wrong way or putting wisdom before knowledge, because wisdom and knowledge have to come together in order f- for there to be a, um, an entrance, if you will, of, uh, understanding, you know. And the knowledge of the Holy One, like like it says in 910, the fear of, of Yahuwah is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. You see, so there has to be this intermarriage, inter, intermarriage excuse me, and this intermingling between knowledge, wisdom and understanding. Unfortunately, a lot of times there isn't, you know, right? Um, people will race ahead. You know, but building the house is just a science of building it with, um, you know, building it through wisdom um, and understanding I'm not going to build this thing in a strange way, in an alien way. You know, to hone out the seven pillars, um, the, There is there are pillars uh, which can be limited by beauty, you know, but most importantly, they're built upon stability, you know. So through that stability, now I can invite people in to come do certain things. So when, so when it says, come eat of my bread, it's the, it's those ethics of hospitality that we find in the ancient world. But, uh, wisdom offers the simple who lack understanding the hospitality and protection of partnership. Sometimes you may be covering as a cover someone who is simple, meaning that they, they lack understanding, you know, and it is, when when you build your house properly through wisdom, then you can invite them in to come eat bread. You know, you can invite them into your provisions. You can invite them into your partnership. That's another form of that. Your partnership and your protection in a way that your light is not robbed. When you don't do it properly, you end up creating chaos. It's very similar to how Sophia uh created Yaldabroth. And I know that that name may not be one that many of you are familiar with because there's certain, there's certain emanations that, um, are not spoken about too often purposely. Right. And they're not spoken about because (laughs) they might lead you to some kind of truth, you know, that, um, certain folks may not want you to be aware of because of how it may change, um, your perspective. And most importantly, how it may change where you invest your time and your energy. You know. But but when did wisdom wisdom herself is is a queen who sits in her royal palace. You know. So it's like the queen who invites everyone to a blank to a banquet. But but more importantly, who invites commonplace, common people to a blank to a banquet. And like you come in the room, it's fully fir- like you don't even have to go in through the back entrance. It's 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 beautiful in there and the food is wonderful and there's wine and there's all sorts of clean meats that you can eat and these different things. And, you know, she built a house and she can establish this reception, you know, and seven being that perfect number, you know, this beauty and stability of the building itself. This thing is not going to collapse. This thing has been um, built solidly, if if you will, you know. So it's um, it's important. You know, when you are putting your words together and you're kind of um, putting ideas together, that you're making sure that you're doing them in the right order. And I, I mean, I could go further into uh, that scripture. There's there's so much more to that. But like I said, you know, that, that creation of Yaldeboth. And some people look at Yaldaboth if you're a Gnostic, of course, you would look at Yaldaboth as Yahweh, another form of Yahweh. But Yaldaboth is a demiurge, is a fake Yahweh. So sometimes we come into an environment and we think, Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm praising Yah and I feel the energy of Yah and this and that. But you're, you're putting wisdom before knowledge or you're like Sophia trying to connect with, um, energies that you're not supposed to in a way that you're not supposed to. So you end up creating this child. This child that was created by Sophia was the child known as, as Yaldaba and, um, sometimes known as the lion face deity or the lord of chaos. And, um, it it was said that Yaldabaoth then went on to create, uh, man. We see the let us make man in our image and so forth. But what happened was that when Yaldabaoth created man, um, he gave up his light in order to create man. So then he became jealous of man because he gave up a light. And then so now he spends his existence trying to take that light back for man, right? So of course, there are different ways to look at that story. You know if you um really want to understand more about that um you can if you want if, if not whatever <laughs> yeah, that's not really what i'm what I'm speaking about here. I'm just um bringing it up as a as a point of fact based on the energy of wisdom and Sophia and the different eons that sometimes you end up um celebrating a false god or a demiurge because you've done things in the wrong order. But you may feel like, but I, I I ended up in the same place as this other person. But the way you string things together is important. The way you start and where you start is of the utmost importance, you know. And a lot of times, because we are constantly bombarded by things like uh, product- productivity tools, how to be more productive, how to be more productive, we are... Constantly reminded of this thing called time and the tracking of time. And we want to figure out all these different ways to defeat, uh, chronos <laughs> or to, 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 to defeat chronology and to defeat time. And that within itself is a trick bag. You know, like, like wisdom has built our house. And notice I'm only just using one, like, the, the scripture. Like, I don't have to go too much further than that. The word for, uh, Hone, by the way, in the Hebrew is Haseb Haseb, you know, and that's it's a masonry uh a stone masonry um term in that sense. So, you know, again, honing the pillars, you know, there's there's a there's a process that we go through, but it's not necessarily um, subject to time in the same sort of way. You know, when we are functioning from our lower selves, we we just have a few um Realities that we hold on, like we're gonna live, we're gonna die. Well, that's it. I guess <laughs> we'll live. There'll be some stuff in between, and then we'll die. And then, and and that within itself is a trick of your your archon demiurge overlords to make you think something so foolish. Because higher entities, they move through space and time. So that means, like, if I did something that I didn't like or that I regret. I can go back and do it over. Whereas we tell ourselves things like, oh, I live with no regrets. There's no regret. We tell us those things to make ourselves feel better. As if every action you've done, you understand the reason for or that it should have been done or you could you could not have done something differently. Oh, I live with no regrets. It is what it is. But what if you knew you had the potential to go back in time and space and just I'm going to do I'm going to go back to that point and do it over? Would you? Of course you would. Stop playing. <laughs> you know but when you're when you're trapped by some of these lower order entities like saturn um or or who we also call the lord of time right we get stuck in this this nightmare it was uh james joyce right who who's who the author and po- poet you know who said that um history is a nightmare from which he was still trying to awaken you know um that's like a a classical approach to that, to kind of understanding it. And then, you know, some of us, we get deeper into like astrology, not understanding that astrology was presented to us in a way that it was presented to us through our overlords so that way we, we would clock time. It was the Sumerians who one of the first, or if not the first civilization that we, we find who had started clocking minutes and hours. Because if you read a lot of ancient um, texts, you notice one thing that you don't find is is talk about time. You don't see that too often. You don't see like, oh, was this o'clock, or it was the seventh hour, the eighth hour, or it was, you know, nine nine degrees of of sun dissension beyond this point. You don't hear too much talk of time. You may hear seasons. You may hear this uh, talk about the moon, maybe phases, the sun rising and falling, but not time. You know, and astrology was presented to those trapped into a physical lower, lower, lower energetic reality, and the way that it was presented to keep you uh, bind, binded, and focused on this form of time. That's what mostly what uh, modern day astrology is. It's just the study of time cycles based on days and years, um, and its relationship to again those seven, seven classical planets. And, and there's very little expansion when we talk about the discovered, the newly discovered planets like Pluto and, or Anu or or Uranus and Neptune. Um, but always just the focus and the concentration on time, you know, and that's a, that's a game that the demiurges play to keep you kind of, um, trapped under that false creation of Yaldabaoth. You know, um, when you start to kind of fall into the hourglass and the sickle symbols of Saturn, or the Lord of Time, you know he's he's that elder of of a lot of the demiurges, and you know we get stuck into that humankind wheel of um, work and suffering and receiving your paycheck and you know um, aging and different sicknesses, and then you know you just keep going, and that just kind of keeps that. That world turning, you know, and it's really a corporate world if you look at it, you know. And that corporate world tells you that money is time, and and time is money, and and the astrology that you learn reinforces that time equals to money, and Saturn will tell you that, or Father Time, you know. And these are hard facts of life, you know. Um, and a lot of times because we we don't understand what it is that we're saying. And without understanding, we still bite the bullet of conformity. We buckle down and say, all right, well, let me just get myself together. Let me just do what I'm supposed to do. But we haven't put the knowledge before the understanding. So therefore, we create a lot of chaos in our life. And we establish these authority figures like old man time, you know, um, who's like this prison warden, <laughs> if you will. Um But we establish these wardens within us. And. We begin to really believe that there's a realistic linear timeline which begins for each of us at birth, and it ends for all of us at death. And life is just um, predetermined, and there's a cause and effect and a value that exists, and there's no way to sort of escape that way of, of being. And unfortunately, we don't realize it goes so much deeper than that. And you have to go beyond some of what you may consider to be ancient teachings, you know, um, and the beauty is if you study schematic wisdom, you will find a lot of these truths can be exploited. You can, def- you can find that even sometimes the characterizations of divine light can be properly understood. Even, even when they're characterized by, you know, joy and laughter and the ease of flow, if you will, that it goes even deeper into that. You know, because it's the, it's the Archons. Remember I did that video, the Archons. I had to put it on Vimeo because, um, YouTube took it down. They didn't want it. (laughs) So, uh, I took it down. I had a lot of views too, man. A lot of views on that, that particular, uh, video. Yeah. I was reading the Treaty of the Archons. Um, I guess they didn't feel that's something I should have been talking about. Um... That and the Willie Lynch letter that I read out loud. They took that one down too. They didn't like that one either. Yeah. yeah. The archons, but I, it might still be back. It might be back up there because I put up a couple of copies. So <laughs> you could check and see if it's there. But anyway, but like I said, when you study like, um, words, I know within like we look at some of the, the Afro or the Afro Asiatic or the Afro Semitic languages like Arabic and Hausa, and Somali, and Tigrinya, and Oromo, and, um, Shehele, Shehele, no, Shehil Ha, ha. that's what the Berbers speak in Morocco, and, um, and Kabiel, that's what the Berbers speak in Algeria, of course Hebrew, um, what else, Riffian, Garag, Tigray, Latamaltese um Assyrian you know Amooric can't leave out Amooric of course um but you start studying some of the, the, the different words that you see that are inherent in some of these different mixes you know um and you'll find that um some of the Nilo-Hamitic languages or the Afro-Asiatic languages you know even uh, languages that the Maasai, the Fula, the Bari, the Sandwe, the Hadza, the Nandi speak, you'll see that there's an understanding that takes us um, away from languages that are of no use. <laughs> there are there are lost words, and there are languages that we a lot of us speak now that just have no no real use to them. And there's, they're a confusion tongue. And they take us away from the the, the original language, and that momentarily takes us away from... Um, the means of how we can prematurely reascend and obliges us to achieve the total experience of whatever that plane of matter has to offer, which is nothing <laughs> other than just be a launch pad to get me out of here. You know, so original language is really, it, it provides vibratory images, which will re- reintegrate our original reality back inside of us. You know, that's why the word is the truth because the word is, it just is you know. but I just wanted to share that, you know, these are some of the things that I build on with Anu um, and in anu, anu Life Global Ministries because, um, you know, even in that there have been people who have said, well, hey, I've heard you say that you're a Moor you're a Hebrew I know that you're a Bible Lao, but then you've also spoken about aspects of Voodoo. but then I hear you Speaking about this Sumerian sky god, and there have been people who have tried to reach out to correct me on that because they don't understand. But again, when you build your house on wisdom, you can invite the simple ones to come in if they if they're humble. But a lot of times, you can tell when someone hasn't built their house on wisdom. Like I see a lot of times, women who have a masculine spirit, they the first thing they want to do is teach you something. Let me tell you something. That's a favorite phrase. Let me tell you something. You know, you can't tell me anything. Close your mouth close your mouth. You're not going to tell me anything because a wisdom of wisdom, a woman of wisdom doesn't speak in that way. So you have so many teachers, quote unquote, on social media. They got so much to say. So many teachers, female teachers. And I promise you, just like Sophia, they have not interacted properly with their Christos, with their Christ. They haven't done it. They're trying to be like Sophia. They want to be this, the woman of false wisdom, but they create, all they do is create demiurges. All they create is, is chaos, the, the, the Yaldabra, because they have not gone through the process appropriately. The, the knowledge of the Christos and the wisdom of Sophia were needed together in order to create proper, um, manifestation and reality and to reintegrate back into the one. See, the difference is, I can do a couple of things here. I can make you in my image. I can do that. Or I can make you in the image of the one. See the difference? There's something that exists above me. What exists above Yahweh? Ein Sof, Limitless light. There's something above Yahweh. So you got to be clear on who's recreating you in their image. And if that's the person you want to recreate you. I don't want a a female who's putting wisdom before knowledge to recreate me. Not interested in that. I want to hear let us. (laughs) Us. Elohim. Elohim. The plurality of El. I want to hear that. I don't want to hear I. I'll make make you in my image. Let me tell you. Let me tell you something. Nah, that ain't going to work. That's not going to get me where I'm supposed to be. That doesn't uh, reinvigorate my spirit of the one. Make me into the image of the one. Bring me into that downbeat. You see? And we can do that through word. But we have to understand and know the word. Not just out here guessing and saying something slick, you know, that people will pick up on for 30 seconds on the timeline or 60 seconds and, ooh, you're deep. You're not deep. Anybody can... Emulate. Anybody can regurgitate, but it's not the same when it doesn't have the proper formula, like the formulas I just shared with you today. Language and, and, and word, you know, like I said, word is, is ceaseless light. You can't even come near that ceaseless light without creating chaos if you don't have your consciousness of of, of knowledge of the Christos there with you. It won't work. You'll create, once again, Yaldabroth. And think about all of the damage that the Demiurge Yaldabaoth has created inside of um, churches and different groups of, quote unquote, knowing and people think that they knowing what they think they're knowing and thinking they're serving one thing and they're serving another thing because they haven't really gotten into the the true heaven or what we say, the, the pleroma, which means fullness. You know, which is all those things that existed until Sophia tried to conceive on her own. That's what she was trying to do. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll break that story down with you one day. But she was trying to conceive on her own without the partner that was given to her by the Most High and without the consent of the Most High. So therefore, she gave birth to a son who was the product of her rebelliousness and profanity, um, that, of that desire that kind of came up in her. You see and he was an androgynous beast that came forth that particular son it said that he had the body of a snake the head of a lion and he had eyes like lightning bolts you see and and that represents irrational passions in case you're wondering well, what does all that mean it could represent that like i said you may through your own philosophical tradition it may represent something different you know but irrational passions was was the idea there so and even when Sophia saw the horrifying thing that had come out of her, she was like ashamed and she became afraid. And she dis- she disowned him and cast him out of out of um out of out of heaven or out of uh pleroma. You see. And that's where the, the Archon or the Demiurgis um came to being. They were birthed, those Archons. They were beings that were like him. You know. Outcasts. It goes so deep. (laughs) It goes so deep. But anyway, this has been another Chief Yuya podcast. Just be careful who you listen to. You know, within Anu, when you hear me speak, what I'm speaking to you are things that are tried and tested coming straight from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You know, um, from the right side of it, not the wrong side of it. There's two sides to that tree, you know, and we have to model the proper material. Um, in order to remove ignorant misunderstandings and to remove ego and, and, um, the possibility of adultery, you know, and to make sure that what we're saying is, is congruous with, is with higher thought, you know, and that it's being created from higher thought and not from some single idea of an evil creator or something that's blasphemous against cosmic morality and principles, you know? So, yeah, just wanted to share that with you all in this particular podcast. Be our new as our brother, Zach, (laughs) from the house of Zach, has uh, given us in our hashtag. We always put in things. Be our new. Be our new. If you can. It's not for everybody. People you see who were once with us and are not with us is because they they couldn't hack it because they were they were so saturated and enraptured and and infested with the demons of Yaldabaoth. That, um, their stomach just couldn't take being around truth. That's just how it goes sometimes. I've seen that happen to other people in their movements too. You know, I, I, I watch movements a lot, you know, and I'm not one that, that feels that there's just one, no, only this one has it right. I've seen other people try to bring a certain level of purity and truth and honesty and, and confront, um, what's wrong in membership. And I've seen membership dwindle. I mean, a, a great person, look at that, is Carlton Pearson. You know, look at what happened to him. They even did a movie about him, actually. Um, but when he came into the understanding of Christ consciousness, it was like he lost everything. Everything. As a Christian preacher, you know, so you can learn if if your if your house of wisdom is open, you can learn from from a lot of different situations and people. You know, you don't have that immediate uh, reaction uh, to refuse knowledge and to acknowledge the existence of truth wherever it may be. Many people will run from truth where it may be and in that you already know that they're being ruled by the demiurge and they can do their greatest good faith impersonation <laughs> and whatever divine benevolent works they may pretend to do but eventually you will know the disharmonic note within your congregation i always know when they come through the door who's bringing the wrong note but i give them a chance to see what's going to happen you got to gotta give people a chance because some people are still slaves to time. They they act like they can't get it right, right there on the moment when you can. Right then, right there. Like right now, you can choose empowerment right now in this moment. You know what? I'm going to be right right now, here on out. And then being a part of something like Anu, it's just like this is what's going to keep me right. But I have separated myself. I have a lot. I have made myself hallowed or sacred. Now. I need help to stay sanctified. Sanctified means separate. So I need help to stay separate from the demiurges and from all of the different demons and things that will pull me in. But I have chosen a hallowed path. That's something you can choose right now. You see, because coming into Anu doesn't make you sacred. It doesn't do that. I, I don't have that ability. I'm, I'm not that strong. I'm strong, but I'm not that strong. But I, I can uh, assist in your journey of transforming and reascension. I can assist in that, but I can't make you um, sacred. That's something that you have to own again through the power of your own word and through the power of your your, your own thought connection to the word and that ceaseless energy. All right, so now I'm out. All right, Anulifeglobal.org dot org is where you go to sign up and join and for our youth classes and things that are coming this summer and whatnot like that. And um, you know, I'll be back with another podcast um willfully soon. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. You know, I go as spirit leads. But you know, um every Friday we get together, we we share, like we read a little bit with you all on our YouTube channel, Anulife Global Ministries. And um we you know we kick it with you. And we talk different things, give you opportunities to ask questions or whatever. And then we're on Clubhouse on um, Sundays around noon. We do the same thing, just kick it, talk about different things, give everybody an opportunity to ask questions, talk whatever. Um, and then you know, even on Thursday, during even during the movie breakdowns, <laughs> that's like our movie night. <laughs> we you know we get to watch movies together and like see the different parts that we may have seen, different moments of truth that we can ascend through. Some of the smoke and mirrors of Hollywood. See what we can try to figure out, you know, beneath all the the world of lies that lie under the power of the evil ones that run those industries. All right, so we're we're all over. And then you know, look us up. Anu Life Global Ministries. All right, this has been Chief Yuya, and you know my website, chiefyuya.com and at Chief Yuya is my social media handle. Um, you can always follow me. I think IG has finally released most of my functionality, although I have noticed that people still cannot tag me. So I'm still in some kind of purgatory. I don't know. But um they have let it's been over a year. It's been almost like two years since they first destroyed my account. Um And I think like a month or so ago, I noticed that I could put comments. I could put captions under my own videos again or images. Um But I, I ain't thinking about them people, man. <laughs> you know, they gave me enough time to go find other things to do. <laughs> Alright, but yeah, feel free to follow, you know, stuff like that. And this is my year of sabbatical. So for those in the inbox asking questions or anything, whatever, I'm I'm you're not gonna get a response. Chief UYA music is where I function out of, but that's only for music stuff. So if you're like, well, I, I want you to do this reading for me, or I want you to do this in turn, I'm not doing any of that this year. All right, so you have to wait to 2023, but um, if you want to collab on some music, something like that, <laughs> you know, uh, you gonna be, or you got some sponsorship opportunities for me, you know, uh, where you are sponsoring me, Let me make that clear. <laughs> Feel free. <laughs> All right, but uh, in any case, everyone, please definitely have a beautiful day and enjoy yourself and um, continue to move lightly and softly. All right. Peace.